you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Welcome to episode uh, 20. Oh, no, we're in episode 30. Oh, my God, it's the season finale of High Crying Corners. In real terms, it's season three finale. And we're coming to the end of this journey about the kingdom and what matters in the grander scheme of things. Quick recap, because I like recaps. Episode 21, we talked about the kingdom and God's work for and hope for the world. The kingdom is also here. And now you're going to get that later, why that's important today. Uh, in the kingdom, quitting is not a thing. Perseverance is. Busyness is not a thing. Abiding is. The fast track, entitlement, greatness, your voice and trendiness, they're not things. So to close out this season, I've brought in the big guns, someone to help me close out this bomb season because not only is she my friend and my pastor, she's a wisdom bomb and I've been dying to get her on the podcast. You can't see right now, but my face is ear to ear smiling. I'm a little awkward and I don't really know what to do because it's like having mom in the room. Um, But she's uh, who I steal all my material from, including all of episode 26. So I'd like to introduce my pastor and my friend, Carrie Weems. Hi. Uh, This is where everyone's like, oh my God. <laughs> in my head, add that in. Like, I will I'll add that into the end. It will just be like crazy, weird, like Queen oh. <laughs> Live Aid. Oh my gosh! No, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. And oh um, I love your podcast, and I love just how you are not random like me. I'm just kind of new to this whole podcast thing, so I'm learning a lot just from listening to you and watching how you structure and. um yeah, oh, it's a big inspiration, and it's it's fun. It's oh, like it's great to be here. I'm excited it's about it. It's always awkward, though, because it's like, I don't know if you feel like this, but it's always awkward. Like, I know I'm talking to somebody, but I'm really just talking to myself. Yeah. yeah. I, that, I, that's why I love the interview format, because I feel like whenever I, when I, I was doing, you know, just monologues for a while, but for me, <laughs> I felt like it was like, hey, everyone, let me dispense my wisdom to you, and you will all that's be better for it. It's so awkward. <laughs> so I love this. I love the interview format, because it makes me feel like I'm like, you know, I am. I like that. I like the conversational. I do yeah. better with that. So I'm, I'm usually in pajamas. So oh, I, have, I have makeup and I'm dressed today. So no know. one knows that. That's what Big you, you confidence get. booster. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's jump right in here because I want to make sure that I get all the time in with uh, PK. It's what I call her, PK. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to call her Pastor Carrie, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways, okay. So this season, I pretty much have been talking about the kingdom, which is ironic because. We've been talking about the kingdom here at Celebration Church, yeah. which I think is really cool. So the last nine weeks, I've been explaining what the kingdom is, um, what really matters within the kingdom, mm-hmm. and uh, you heard my list. Yeah, you heard my list of things that are not a thing. And actually, next season, I'm doing the things that are a thing. Oh, good. But before Can't I kick that. that off, I kind of wanted to know, like, did you think I missed anything? Is there anything that you're like, this is not really a thing? People make it a thing, but it's really not. No, I really. Seriously, I thought your list was awesome. I was trying to. F- look at it even and see if I thought something was missing, but I think you hit it all. I mean, obviously you could go on and on and be yeah. into the details of life, but for big picture stuff, I think this is great. And, you know, one of my favorite things, and I think we might talk about this a little bit at the end, is that greatness versus goodness thing. Yeah. And I just think... I, st- I stole that from you. I know. And I love it, though. I'm happy that you did. Um, but I think... I'm glad we're going to talk about that today because I, I think a lot of times people conflate greatness and goodness like they're the same thing. Like if I'm doing something good, of course it's going to be great. And um, and I just think that that's a that's a mistake. Like it's just a leap that is not necessarily true. 
greatness and goodness don't look alike a lot of times. And so um, especially p- people who want to be leaders, they think they need to do something great to be acknowledged as a leader wow. and they can bypass the goodness yeah. part. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. And I think we might be talking about that later. So I don't yeah, we're going to show gonna all jump my in. cards we're right gonna, now. Yeah, honestly, as I'm sitting here looking at you, I'm like, oh, my God. I ha-. Like, OK, let me just say this. Carrie Weems is not just an incredible pastor, been in ministry for a million years and just she's I'm a so bomb old. dropper. You're not old. You're not old. But like she's written. She's an incredible writer, has written. Was it Clueless? Mm-hmm. The Sisterhood Effect? Mm-hmm. Rhythms of Grace? Yep. You've got some other bomb things coming down. All I don't the, like cur- all a bunch of curriculums. Yeah, for a bunch of curriculums. No, no longer in use. But we're going to talk about one today. I may may have actually written that in. You didn't Uh see that. It's okay. It's going to be fine. But like, this is not something you just talk about flippantly. Like you've lived all this. Yeah. You've lived all this. So I just want you to know, as you're listening, take notes. Don't waste time. Take notes on everything that we're talking about today, because Mm -hmm. I know that it has impacted my life and it's going to impact yours. So we're going to jump right into um, my first real, real question. Okay. So week one, I defined the kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm. This may have offended some people because I was all like, <laughs> it's not really an issue. Like, we make issues that are not really issues. Yeah. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. kingdom issues, like, to me, Syria. Not a kingdom issue, your boss being a butthole. <laughs> not like, a kingdom issue. Not a kingdom issue. Only in as much as it makes you grow to be like Jesus, but not really. Not him. Like, that's just yeah. nothing to worry about that. I mean, he loves that you are dealing with hard things because he can grow you in it. But really, when you think about it, it's probably because you might have been rude or done something ridiculous. Yeah. We blame God on a lot of things. Totally. So yeah. that was like the whole point of uh, the very first episode. Like every Grammy thank you speech ever. <laughs> I'm like, don't blame Jesus for your video. I no, saw that. Like, no. t- he didn't have anything to he do with that. He had nothing to do Literally with that video. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I talked about how um, really understanding that it was really a you issue. So pretty much I talked about self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. You're the queen of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And you taught me how to be self-aware. And so I feel like I kind of want to bring everybody into like the things that like, I I feel a little bit like I'm giving them a little too much because it's like, it's you. They're not ready for this. They're not ready for this. They're not ready. But can you talk a little bit about self-awareness? Because I know that not only in life, but in ministry and in marriage, and you could do this we could talk about this all day. Yeah. I mean, your podcast, you talk a lot about EQI, you know, mm-hmm. self, uh, was it Acu, Acu, I can't even pronounce it. Self-actualization. There it is. You're so smart. Yeah. Emotional self-awareness, emotional yes. expression, all that kind Can of stuff. Can you talk a little bit about why it's so important to be self-aware? Yes. So um, self-awareness is really the foundation, like the foundational cornerstone of our ability to change, if you wow. want to think about it that way. because if <laughs> Write you're, that one down in case anyone didn't hear that one. If you're not self-aware then you don't actually know, A, that you need to change. Or even if you have a vague awareness that change would be good for you, it will be hard for you to know exactly what it is that you need to change. Yeah. So self-awareness is a really big, um, I mean, it's the foundational component of change. And I think if you're not given to self-reflection, like some people self-reflect a lot. Yeah, they processing. sit down and they think yeah. a lot about, okay, did this go okay? Did I say the right thing? And some people just go, huh, that situation was awkward and move on. They don't tend to self-reflect. And, you know, I'm not one to, I don't think people should sit around and navel gaze and go on and on and that becomes self-indulgent. But at the same time, we do need to understand if we're hitting up against barriers in our lives consistently, like if our relationships are consistently just, you know, not, um, they're consistently ending too soon, or if we're consistently losing friends, or if we're consistently getting to a certain level in our career and not getting promoted, um, we need to ask ourselves, why is that? If there's a pattern that I have in my life, most of the time that is going to be related. I mean, like most of the time, time. I cannot imagine a situation where it's not related to you. You, Nobody has that much bad luck. (laughs) You might be bringing. You are your own not bad. Job in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might be bringing your own bad luck, and it could be a behavioral pattern that you have 
that you don't realize that you have, or it could be a vibe that you're giving off that you wow. don't realize you're giving off. And so it's really important to be able to sit back and self-reflect, reflect on conversations. But, you know, also I would say to have trusted people in your yeah, life. I was just going to ask, ask you that. Yeah. Like having the right people to be, to be able to like, I stole your truth, timing and grace uh-huh. the other day. Yeah. I was telling somebody that like, you can tell somebody something in truth, but it's not in the God's right timing and it mm-hmm. wasn't in grace. Like I feel like what helped me become self-aware is getting the right people around me mm-hmm. who ha- who could align all those three things and be yeah. able to tell me stuff, tell me honestly, where, I mean, it may have hurt my feelings a little bit, but yeah. I'm, you know, yeah, but it nobody, moved me forward. Yeah. Nobody likes to hear, you know, negative even feedback. feedback or yeah. even constructive criticism. Yeah. But, um, I think if you can get people to the to commit to be truthful to you, yeah. Um, I think a way to do that because it's always you know when you yeah. sit down with someone and go, okay, I want you to feel totally free to do this, <laughs> free to tell me you want. Yeah, tell me how I can improve, and it's like nobody wants to do that. I did like, that the other day, and only one person said something. Yeah, and you're like, I know I'm worse than this. <laughs> like, somebody, please help me. Yeah, the only person that said something. Uh, was Pastor John Phelps. Oh, nice. He's uh, amazing on our staff. He's a lot older. He didn't care. He was he's he like came off the top rope, but he was like, You're really intense at work. <laughs> he's like, You should smile more. And I was like, I'm working. I'm you not should sh- smile more. He told me I should smile more. Literally. I was like, all right, whatever. Oh my god. I wrote it down. I'm trying to smile more. It's a feminist work. issue as well. <laughs> like why do women have to smile more? Would you ever go to a man and go, You should, you should smile, smile more? more? No, that's weird. It's, fe- it's a feminist thing. I know. Is that it's- what it is? It's a little bit of a like women should be happy, they should smile. Anyway, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> that not is even so giggle, good. But it's true, right? I was like I was like, I don't feel like I should have to smile all the time. That's weird. That's weird. I know. I it's think weird. you would be a weirdo if I was walking in the hallway and you were just psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Total psycho. I used to be so conscious that we might I might see someone from church out that I started randomly smiling at people because I was worried like they would look at me and then you I would just think, start do they look recog- like a psychopath. Yeah, like just- do they know me? Okay, maybe they do, I should smile. And then I realized <laughs> I was walking around like a weirdo, just like with a weird half smile on my face all the time. And um my kids' friends said, like, your mom's always smiling, it weirds me out and I'm like, You're so right. Oh my I should God. quit doing that. <laughs> but like I think when you're asking for feedback, you should like, you can help springboard people like by saying something like i know that this is a blind spot for me and i'm sure that it's impacted um the way you know that to just kind of have the experience of interacting with me in a work environment yeah yeah. and i would really love to know how this particular attribute is it filtering out somehow and if so um can you give me an example and maybe go to one person in the group and let them know ahead of time what you're going to do yeah and say, could you please lead out on this? I know we've had conversations about this, or I noticed like a person that's kind of on your side. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it gives them a springboard to just go, okay, I'm not going to say something like, you're, you know, <laughs> you're really loud and smack your gum all the time. Like they don't want to say something that you're not aware of and it becomes emotional. So wow. I think letting them know, I know I can sense that I need some feedback. I think it might be in these areas. Could you help me know if these are right? And you're probably going to be close. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, these are some patterns I'm noticing. Can you help me understand why we I tend to, is there something I'm doing? It's a good way of asking without making it weird. Yeah. Because people are like, weird. do I want to say that? Like, what is it that I should say? Because yeah. they, they're like, do I talk about my specific experience? Do you talk about like people, when the other thing people would do to be really nice is go, it's probably just me. Like, I know. Oh, I'm yikes. Like, I've heard that. Yeah, ah. And you're like, no, I know it's not just you. That's why yeah. I'm asking. No, you. it's not. It's but not just you. You have to give people permission by, I think, framing a conversation like that helps and also keeps it in, 
you don't want people going on and going, you're so selfish and the worst person in the world and you didn't care about me when it like you don't want it to get off on everything they have wrong with you. You're just interested in how you can be a better leader or whatever you're asking for. So I'm going to ask you a question that wasn't on the thing, okay. but you're sitting here and it. it just it just came back to me. I can handle it. So we're talking about things that are not a thing. And so sometimes we make things bigger than what they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we do this, and then, like we said, we're asking people, like, how do I, how do I become better? How do I focus on things that are actually a real thing? But can you talk a little bit about having relational equity? Because I find a lot of times people want to speak into things. Mm -hmm. You know, here we are trying not to be, not trying to cry in corners every day. Yeah. Um, But how do we do that? Like, I always ask people. Look, I, I know I don't have relational equity with you right now. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit about what relational equity is and yeah. how to speak into people's lives? Absolutely. I think it's, this is such a great concept. So imagine if you have a bank account, you know, okay. you want to always have more deposits than withdrawals. Otherwise, yeah. you'll be negative in your bank account. Yeah. yeah. So relational equity is you building the, the rapport and the um, trust and the wins yeah. um, and the reputation with people where – those are all deposits. You do those by making deposits in that relationship. And they don't have to be big gestures. They could be showing up on time, wow. listening, acknowledging when the other person does something good. It can be following through. Like I'm talking to a work environment, just yeah. following through on what you say you're going to do. Um, just, you know, not causing any division, just not getting involved in drama. You, you make those relational equities that you, you do those things, those are deposits, and it builds relational equity with a person. And yeah. if you're in a team, it actually builds relational equity within a team. Yeah. When you give negative feedback or if you are wanting to speak into something that really isn't your lane but you can see objectively yeah. something that could be better, um, at first that's going to be a withdrawal. Now, once you gain credibility, that's a different kind of equity. That's, that is professional equity. Yeah. You're showing my instincts are right on this, but you're not going to, you have to show that over time. Once you do, but you know, once you have some wins in that area, it won't be a withdrawal anymore. It'll be a neutral, but giving that feedback is going to be at first, first few times, it's going to be a withdrawal. Yeah. If you don't have the relational or professional equity in the bank with that person, it's going to, it will backfire on you. Instead of you looking like, wow, that person is very insightful. You're going to look – it's going to come off more like you're a know-it-all or you don't have discretion or – It's like a really weird prophetic word. It's Yeah, like a weird <laughs> prophetic word. Like, and, and, and really, I think people don't um, – people don't – like you don't save up your life – like you don't save up enough money to buy a house, put a down payment on the house in three weeks. Yeah. It's going to take years to time. do that. Yeah. So I'm not saying it should take years for you to build that relational equity, but it's going to be built – over time, and the amount of time is going to be proportional to the amount of effort you and put self-awareness in. Self-awareness tells you, hey, I don't have relational equity in this. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't speak into something to make it better, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you, could, you could definitely step back and say, I know this isn't really my lane. I've observed something from the outside that I think can maybe help. Yeah. That's not you coming in and just going, well, the reason is because you always do this wrong. Yeah. But then also... Sometimes you just have to let people be who they are and realize, like, I haven't earned the right to step in in a corrective or coaching sort of role, even alongside them to say, if you really want to know the truth, I can tell you if if you want to know what your problem is. Like, don't do that. Let them come to you. It doesn't build people up. You have to be invited into that space. You do. And you're not going to be invited unless you have the right amount of relational equity. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that was a game changer for me. Like invest in them before you, you invest in them before you ask them to invest in you. Yeah. That's how you create equity. Wow. 
I said in uh, one of the last podcasts, I talked about how um, don't just be a good person. Just don't. I know the world has enough good Christians. The world has enough yeah. good like people that are like uh, what was the word I used? I can't even remember. It was like real accepting. You yeah. know how the world super nice. Yes, yeah, super nice. We have enough of those. Like yeah. so let's be kingdom people. Kingdom people yeah. are uh, prophetic and they can see things that other people can't yeah. see. And um, I think being self-aware and <laughs> knowing when to speak into things, it's yeah. what pushes the kingdom forward. It does. It's discretion, and it's a really important um, attribute for the kingdom because. Relationships are at the core of everything in the kingdom. And so when we can manage relationships with wisdom, yeah. it's always going to move the, the kingdom forward. This is why I steal all your material. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on because I feel like we could stick on that yeah. forever and ever. Okay, so um, one of the things I said was busyness wasn't a thing. Yeah. I remember there was a season in my life where like when I was your executive assistant, I was always running like around like a chicken with my <laughs> head cut off and you would like always have to be like, there's always going to be a to-do list. Yeah. Just focus on the things that actually matter. And so I did an entire podcast on busyness not being an actual thing, but embracing rest. You wrote an entire book on rest. Yes. Quite literally. 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 And um, so I thought the best thing would to bring in the expert on rest and embracing and really abiding and um, because it's essential to thriving. Yeah. So I know this is a loaded question and that you wrote an entire book on it, but um, could you give me a condensed version of why rest is maybe overlooked mm-hmm. and why it's something we truly need to embrace? So funny because Stovall was asking me the other day, he goes, do you have any good like material on Sabbath? And I was like, um, you wrote a book, literally a book. <laughs> Content. Which chapter would you like? <laughs> yes, here it is. <laughs> like flip the pages. But um, I think if I could boil it down to one thing, yeah, I would yeah. say that rest for us in the Western in our Western culture is a reward that we give ourselves when we're finished with our work. Oh snap! Okay, say that again. <laughs> in our Western culture, reward is a rest is a reward we give ourselves when we're finished with our work. It's true. It's like Cinderella. You can go to the ball if you finish all your chores. Oh my God! So. That we, is so. I'm stealing that. Right that's from the stolen. Like, that like resonates with them. If you do everything oh you're supposed to do, then you it's can rest. It's true. That's only then can I rest. Then I have to check off my to do list. And yes. like I, like you said, you reference like you're always going to have a to do list. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And so I think what we have to do is instead of seeing rest as a reward, we have to see rest as the rhythm. Dear God. We have to see rest as the metronome, the baseline beat, the click track, if you will, for for our lives. Wow. So instead of rest being, <clears throat> pardon me. It's okay. I've had bronchitis and pneumonia oh, girl, for nine weeks. I'm fine now. No, no, I'm fine. This is like the first two episodes that I haven't I'm been. I'm so glad there's two <laughs> microphones between no, us. But like I would literally have to pause in the middle of episodes and be like, hold on. <laughs> Did so, you edit that out? Oh, no, I didn't. I oh, left it great. there. I left it there for authenticity. Your listeners feel yeah. really. <laughs> they feel close to me. Yes. Great. Sorry. Vulnerability. Um, so you're strong. Um, but I think if we can say, okay, not if Sabbath is, I mean, rest is the thing that not it's not something I well, – it's not like my dessert. Yeah. It's the main meal. Yeah. It is the it's – the, it's the main course. And so I set myself – when I make my schedule, I set Sabbath apart first. It's like your tithe. Like when I tithe, I take the first 10 percent. I don't then pay all my, bill, pay all my bills and yeah. Yeah. do what I'm going to do and then say how much is left over. I'll give that to God. I say yeah. first 10 percent to God. Now, here's the rest I have to manage. When I do my schedule, I say, for, okay, first Sabbath. Now everything else. Wow. And so for some reason, it's really easy for us to do that with our money. I think it's because we think I can always make more money. Oh, snap. But we actually can never make more time. Time is the currency. Time is the currency. In fact, when you make more money, you're just trading your time for money. Yeah. You're not actually... You're, I mean, that's how we make money. We trade yeah. our time for money. It's true. The older I get, the more the more the thing that matters to me is my time. Yeah. Time is way more important. And so... Um, 
if we set Sabbath as the baseline beat of our lives, then we that we ensure that rest. You know, rest is for us. Like I talked about, Western culture is a reward, but to the for doing everything that we need to do. But in the ancient Hebraic faith, um, it was like a core part of their identity. We're the people of the like people of the Sabbath. Sabbath is what we do. We were slaves in Egypt. Wow. God delivered us out of Egypt. Yeah. Now we enter into rest as a people. This time is sanctified. It's set apart. God God made Sabbath. So like how are we to say that we're not going to celebrate what he and do what he yeah. himself instituted in yeah. the Garden of Eden like it was before the law, it was before the prophets, it was a creational act. Wow. God created a resting space so on kingdom, the seventh day. For kingdom people, we rest. We rest. And Jesus says, are. "I am your he is our Sabbath rest." Wow. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. So then what was he referencing when he said, "I'm Lord of the Sabbath?" Like yeah. Was he saying I'm more It's actually a thing. It's actually Sabbath is a thing. Rest is a thing. And yet we make it not a thing. We make it a, and it's like a, you know, an afterthought or an yeah. if I can thing. But it's actually a core thing because in that we're declaring that we're not a slave to this world's God system. That's so good. We step out of that system for 24 hours and we step into the kingdom. Yeah. Culture, which is total freedom. Yeah. Total relational, total rest and peace. And um, that's been very life-changing for me. All right, I'm going to have to stop here because the truth is we can talk about this forever and ever and ever, and I want to be able to give people time to process, and uh, we'll divide this episode into two episodes. So, uh, yeah, make sure you listen to both episodes. Just want you guys to know that you're loved. Um, I hope that you got something out of today's podcast and uh, this season. And, um, yeah. We'll see you in the next episode. Love you, weirdos.